My name is Aiden Carney. So known as Turtle Boy. He is a senior editor for Turtle Boy Daily News. I'm a big fan. So we've broken hundreds of stories uh, that the mainstream media won't touch. From blogger in Massachusetts who's getting to the bottom of this better than anybody. Why is it Turtle Boy that is covering such important issues? Where is the rest of the media? You not say that you are going to take my baby out of revenge and make him a transgender baby. Stop it. Don't you want to ask some questions? I know you do. I do. I, I know you do. People don't like the things that I say and want me to stop saying them. But I won't. I'm never going to stop. These are the kind of stories that must be told. How's everyone doing out there tonight? Good, good, excellent. Welcome to the live show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your fearless host. They call me, they used to call me Uncle Turtle Boy. Nobody calls me that anymore, which is cool because I like my new nickname more. Uh, people call me Dr. Turtle Boy. And actually, as of like three days ago, people are starting to call me Daddy, which I, I kind of like even more. I understand that might be a weird thing <laughs> for some of you. I don't know how that happened. I, got, I did a rant. The other night where I was talking about the groups and daddy just had to come in and, and, and lay the law down. So, but you can call me doctor or daddy, whatever you prefer, or you can call me Aiden or you can call me Clarence Woods Emerson. That's my Facebook name. You can find me on Facebook at Clarence Woods Emerson. We also have a page called the turtle boy page, which I highly recommend you like. And there's a turtle boy only fans page. Not like a, not like I, I don't have an only fans voluntarily, but there's a, a Facebook group called Turtle Boy Only Fans of Turtle Boy. So you can join that. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter account is at Dr. Turtle Boy. That's at D O C T O R Turtle Boy. Because if, uh, you know, Joe Biden's a doctor, then I'm definitely a doctor. Also on Facebook, make sure you join our new group. Uh, the It's called uh, Justice for John O'Keefe and Karen Reed. Uh, it's with turtle boy on it. Like that's the only one I'm banned from the other one. Like that tells you all, you know, I'm not trying to start a flame war here or anything, but I'm banned from the other one. I can't, I'm banned. 
So like that tells you everything you need to know about the other one. They banned me. I'm banned from that group. So if you're cool with that, go be in that group, but I'll be over here with this one over here. Uh, I'm going to post content in that group that is not on anywhere else. So make sure you like it. We're closing in on 15,000 subscribers over there. And I freaking did the wrong rumble account. Like I, I thought I had it set up for rumble. So I have two turtle boy accounts. Don't tell me it's on the other one. It is motherfucker. It is on rumble. <laughs> so I have two turtle boy accounts on rumble and I clicked the wrong one. So it is streaming on rumble too. If anybody wants to check it out over there. Uh, but that's the wrong channel. I streamed to the wrong channel over there. That channel's only got a few hundred subs. But anyway, uh, yeah. So follow us on on all those other platforms that we have on Instagram. We just passed twenty thousand followers. It's pretty cool. At Turtleboy underscore Daily underscore News. I have a TikTok that I've used like twice. Um, Doctor Turtleboy, but there's also a Turtleboy Investigates TikTok. I again, I don't know how to do the TikTok. I, I don't do the dancing. I'm just here for the breaking news coverage and the witty anecdotes in the occasional rap freestyle. I haven't done one of those in a bit, but yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, it's like I saw over there and it's like, you know, I saw Blanca. I, I was told Blanca wasn't going to be running the admins and uh, it is what it is. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm over here on this one. So you can check out that one. I'm not here to badmouth anybody else, but it is what it is. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, what am I else am I forgetting? Oh, if you guys like the, oh, make sure you smash the subscribe button. If you're a newbie here, we're adding like 4,000 people a month on subscribers. We're going to be at 50,000 before you know it. Make sure you smash that subscribe button and hit the notification bell because I do occasional impromptu lives, right? When you never know when I'm, I might do one tomorrow. I might have a trip into me tomorrow. There's a interesting court date tomorrow. We'll see if I'm up for it. Uh, but so make sure you, uh, hit that notification bell, join turtle club, turtle club streams every Thursday night for $15 a month. You get access to the Thursday night stream and you get ad free on the website, or you can just get ad free for 10 bucks, whatever you prefer helps us, you know, keep us makes it so that, you know, the, the viewing experience is better and it makes sure that you're the customer instead of the advertisers. I'm no longer beholden to advertisers as a direct result of that. Um, Anything else that I am forgetting here? Uh, yeah, the Rumble. I explained the Rumble. It's a different link if anyone wants to join it here. Yeah, Turtle Club is like blown up. I remember there used to be like 30 people in Turtle Club during live streams like a couple months ago. Now we had like 260 the other night. Like, And there's over a 1,000 people that have joined Turtle Club. Like, So that's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. So this story is blown up, man. This story has changed my world. It has changed. Uh, it is the most intriguing story I've ever covered by far that you've ever followed by far. To me, it's the biggest story in the country. It should be. It's a lot. And it's just, I don't know about you guys, but I'm watching some of these assholes on YouTube that now that it's starting to catch on. And I just get so mad. I'm like, I have to chill out. Like I watched this fat goober named Mike King. Have you guys seen? I didn't know who this goober was. He's like this Utah, oh, gee golly, Willikers, I'm former retired law enforcement. And th this woman, yeah, she seems like she really did this. She sure she had at the, as soon as I started playing his video and they start talking about CF McCarthy's, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. If you're even wasting a second of your freaking time talking about CF McCarthy's or the waterfall bar, unless it's in the context of Chris Albert threatening you outside of it. 
then you you don't have anything interesting to add to the story. You're not interested in the truth. But guess what, guys? It's all going to come out. And they're, let's be very clear. We're, like, let's think about post how this story ends. Like, when this story ends and Karen Reed is exonerated and the bad guys, whoever that is, ends up getting indicted, there is no quarter. There is no quarter and no amnesty for those who didn't participate. And I'm keeping track. Every single fucking person out there. Because this story, if you miss this story, you can't ever talk again. This is the most obvious fucking cover-up of all time. Like, the, the, the facts are plainly presented to you. There is, if you believe that Karen Reed is guilty, you are functionally retarded. And I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean to insult the mentally retarded. Like, you're, you're, so, you're, you're useless. You are completely useless to society and you should never be allowed to show your face again to play society unless you beg for forgiveness. You should have every single person at, when this is all said and done, because we know how this story ends and you cannot just go on living life and be like, ah, well, I fucked up that one, but I still have credibility. No, you don't. No, you don't. And that includes a lot of people like John DePetro, the guy from an island. I had a lot of respect for him before. He had Wendy Murphy on the other day. And then he's like, like I, I tell him the whole story. I'm like, why don't you have me on? I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm like her. He's like, well, she's got a lot of experience as a lawyer. I don't give a shit. I don't care. She's crazy. She's a crazy person. She makes shit up. And that includes like people like Kevin from Yellow Cottage Tales. That includes the fence sitters. That includes the fence sitters because there is nothing more gutless in this story than a fence sitter. If you are a fence sitter, which I don't, he's the only one I think there is. You're gutless and cowardly because all you're doing is be like, well, let me know when, what, let me know what side wins. And then I didn't pick the wrong one. No, you're gutless and cowardly. And again, I don't want to crap on him because he's really nobody. But at the same time, like I thought he was cool before. And now he's collapsed. Like he's getting news from crusty panties and he's getting news from Lizzie Proctor. Like Lizzie Proctor messaged him the other day and he asked me not to tell anyone. And I'm doing it now. And like jumped on his, his stream and was like, after he kind of like went off on us and called you guys all mindless morons or whatever, and just, uh, went off on a tangent on you all never apologized for that, by the way, never did. You're, you're just a mindless mob and, uh, Lizzie Proctor and Krusty Panties messaged him. And that should be the, that should be like the, the bell that like, maybe I'm on the wrong side of this. If Krusty Panties is cuddling, you know, is getting close to me right if she finds me if she's sharing his content maybe i'm on the wrong side here like because she lost her kids you know and she's fucking insane all that yeah okay so and it's just so gutless and cowardly and i've told and it's like talking to kevin's like talking to a brick wall now it's just it's just pointless it's just pointless. He's being stubborn he has no he, he, he has no intention of looking for truth zero literally none I asked him yesterday, what evidence do you have? He said, call and left at 1211. What evidence do you have of that? Oh, what evidence do you have? He didn't. That's not, doesn't answer the question. Doesn't answer the question. I, I do have evidence. I have grand jury testimony from Brian Albert putting him in the house at that time. Also, there's things I know that you don't know, and you can believe me or don't believe me. I don't give a shit. But I know how this story ends. The story ends, obviously, with Karen being you know, exonerated. Worst case scenario for Karen is she goes to trial and she's found not guilty. That's worst case scenario. There is no world in which Karen Reed gets a, uh, found guilty. No world at all. And 
it is very obvious and we're going to get into it today tonight about why they know that this is over like this is the beginning of the end for them i don't know when it's going to end but it's i i thought it would be months from now it might be it might be a lot sooner man just a lot sooner uh because shit appears to be going down so uh so let's just we'll we'll get into that in a minute if you guys like the program and you want to uh donate to it well guess what you can't because they took away our super chat function two years ago because i had the wrong opinions about a certain medical decision right putting shit in your body that you didn't really need uh but guess what we just built our own it's called turtle chat it should be pinned at the top of the chat here let me make sure it is Um, is it, it is okay, cool. Pinned at the top of the chat is turtle chat. You can donate whatever amount of money you want. When you do that, you can write a little message. I will get an email notification in my inbox. I'll open it up. I'll read the message you wrote out loud to the class, or you can cash at me at dollar sign uncle turtle boy, and we can do it that way. So we either way dollar sign uncle turtle boy in a cash app or turtle chat pinned to the top. And it kind of keeps the show going. I'd prefer if you didn't do the rumble rants because they disappear for some reason to all my rumble rats over there, 164 of you on the backup rumble page, which I accidentally tweeted to. But yeah, you know, it's like I, I hate to even make she's not part of the story. She would like to be so badly. Most people around here don't even know who she is, which is great. She's just a troll uh, trying to glob onto the story but i'm talking about like the legitimate the people like the kofin dafers of the world they don't get to come back from this and every single asshole that went on court tv and talked shit about karen reed and ran their mouths it's just like it shows who they are they're not just wrong they're kind of evil they're kind of evil because they just don't care about human life like karen reed is a human being i didn't know we we're going into this you know what i mean i don't i didn't know the, i didn't know that i couldn't pick her out of a lineup before and I really don't know her. I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what she, I mean. Maybe, maybe she, you know, maybe she's the, the girl in high school that wouldn't give me the time of day. I don't know. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What matters is human, like your humanity. Like if you're willing to look at this situation and, and, and say, yeah, whatever, fucking send her to jail. What, what I care. I just move on with my day. Then you're no better than the Alberts and the McCabe's. You're not. You're just another person who is willing to look the other way because it's not you because you're not going to jail. So fuck her. You have no humanity, nothing like new is like something is wrong with your soul. If you just don't care about other human beings at all and you don't. And so that's what it comes down to for a lot of these people is like they just don't care because it's not them. Like, what, what, how would you feel if that was your brother or sister or your daughter? Right. How would you feel? How does that not make you sick? Because it could be you. I don't know if you noticed that. It could be you. And, uh, you know, I got nothing but love for John O'Keefe. You know, I got nothing but love for John O'Keefe. Um, but when you look back at that night, it's like Karen did not want to go there. John did. And now look at her. Look where she is now. John's dead. And Karen is fighting for her life. Because she did something that she didn't want to do. And brought him to the house. So there we are. And it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And, and I'm so sick and tired of being like beating around the bush about his family too. Oh, you have to be nice to his family. You don't have to be nice to his family. His mom sucks. Like, let's be perfectly honest with you. She's a shitty person. Like she's a shrew. She's mean. Just look at her. 
Uh, and like she fought John for custody of the kids. There you go. And lost, by the way. John, the single guy won. So there's that. And it's just they're what they're willing, they're they're willing to hand those children over to the McCabe's and all this. And I'm sick of being told that, oh, we'll wait for them to come around. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. My mother wouldn't do that. Your mother wouldn't do that. Your brother wouldn't do that. And it's it's time we stop fucking lollygagging with this shit. And they can't come around either. When the indictments come in, I don't want to see them in fucking court. I don't even want to fucking see them in court. You had your fucking chance to do the right thing. And you fucking blew it. I mean, enough with the bullshit. Enough with the bullshit. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, that's my rant about that. Um, all right, cool. I think we already got a couple turtle chats. Let me read them. Uh, first one here is from Bob sends 25 and says, Turtle Boy, I read on a bio site that Karen Reed earned her PhD in finance at Bentley. And another show covering the case said the same thing. If this is true, Karen is a doctor. I don't think it was a PhD. Wasn't it a, wasn't, don't you get, what's that called? Um, an MBA. Isn't that an MBA? I'm not sure. Dr. Jill, Dr. Turtle Boy, and Dr. Karen Reed. I'm a Led Zeppelin boomer. I never got into hip hop, but I must say that the free Karen Reed song deserves a Grammy. It is, it is very good. It is very catchy. I love that song to start the show off. It just gets, gets us going. It's good. Uh, Louise sends $10 and says justice for John. Absolutely. Uh, Mike sends $10 says my mom, Krusty ignores me. Mike is your name. I thought your name was Wade or Hunter. Okay. Thank you. Um, Mike sends $25 and says, let the justice, uh, justice be done through the heavens fall. Love you turtle. Mike from Norwell. Thank you very much. Mike from Norwell. Uh, Tom sends five and says, fantastic work. Please dive into Stoughton and the Sandra Birch case more, Birchmore case more when this is unsettled. I don't know what else there is to dive into with the Sandra Birchmore case, unfortunately, simply because, I mean, it's pretty straightforward to happen there. That guy walked in that apartment and strangled her. And there's not, unless they take his phone and her phone, I mean, what are you going to do? What? And she doesn't have a family that advocates for her. Like, I hate to say it, but like the odds of Sandra Birchmore, no matter, like, I don't know what I could do for that girl. Like, what, what could I do? At least with Karen Reed, the person you're fighting for is alive, right? Whereas like with Sandra Birchmore, it's like she's passed away and there's nobody in her family that seems to give a shit. So what am I going to do? Like, it is what it is, but all right. Um, what are people saying? The car was fixed. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Any other turtle chats? Uh, one more here from Kathy sends $10. It says, go Dr. Turtle boy. You are amazing. You're doing amazing work for the free Karen Reed justice for John O'Keefe cause. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Kathy. And you're doing great work too. Um, on the, Cash app, we have Luke Kang Butterball sends 10 bucks and says, Oh, we got to open the app up to see what that says. Give me one moment. Uh, Dave sends $25 and says, You're the fucking man. Shout out to my cousin Sam. Shout out, cousin Sam. Thank you, Dave. Nicholas sends $25 and says, for the Turtle Boy plug, gotsecretcourts.com. Albert framed me too. 
Okay, cool. 25 bucks. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, uh, we got Nicole here. Nicole sends $50 and says, for Karen, we are all rooting for you. Love you, Doc. Yes, we are, Karen. If you're watching, we are all rooting for you. Uh, Dr. Nips sends $5 and says, let's see them nips on OnlyFans Daddy. Oh, Jesus Christ. You people in the nips. You nip people. This is the thing now, huh? All right. Uh, and Liu Kang Butterballs <laughs> sends $10 and says, for I heard Chris farts all over his fresh mozzarella. Yes, he, he bet he does. I bet he does too. Oh my God. So um, anyway, let's see. Was I getting anything else? Okay, cool. Oh, uh, we got one more cash out. Let me read this one out loud. Hold on. Hold on. Um, Jay Norris. Again, this is not my words. This is what he's saying. He's saying yellow cottage tails is a puss. I don't, you know, I don't think Kevin is necessarily like a bad person or anything like that. Uh, I have nothing against him personally. It's just, you know, you're not, you're not taking a stand by arguing this position that makes no sense and is spineless and ignores all the evidence. Like that's not being principled. That's just you kind of like looking for attention in your own way. It's you kind of saying, well, look at me. I'm different. I'm not like, I'm not part of the mob. Everybody listen to me. I'm not part of the mob. I must be enlightened. Right. It's like, no, like I understand that mobs are bad, but this is not like a crazy mob of people. For the most part, this is a mob of, of why do you think our audience has skyrocketed this much? Because it's common sense, man. Like everybody who, everybody who's normal is on board with this. They get it. They get it. Uh, and then Patricia Brosnan also sends $50 on the cash app and says, for too many trying to ride your coattails on this. Uh, you know, I don't mind. And thank you, Patricia. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I don't mind the, the more people talk. I don't own the story and I certainly don't want to be the only one talking about this story. Uh, but I, you know, I guess what's one thing that's cool is that like, even like that Mike King channel, what is this channel called profiling evil or something? It's like boomer century. It's like boomer, um, true crime. And he's like a former cop too. So, you know, his stance, what it's going to be. And you're watching this. And you're like, this guy is so not like, how do people subscribe to this? Some other guy with like a million subs, Grande something. He talks really like this. He does this. He's like a nerdy looking guy. And I guess his conclusion was Karen Reed's guilty. It's like, okay, then I don't, I don't need to listen to him, but they're, they're influencing people, you know, and people like that suck. Cause they're just liars. They're not, they're not doing any, it, this is just another story for them. This is like, they do store. They do a different story every day of the week. And the Karen Reed story is just one of the stories that they're talking about this week. Whereas like with me, this story, I dig into this. I don't do any other stories. Like I, I did the Sandra Birchmore one a little, we'll do the Rachel Rollins stuff when that comes up, the Monica stuff, if that comes up. But for the most part, I've dedicated the last five months to this story. And I know it better than anyone. Well, a lot of you know it better than, than most other people. But yeah, so that, that's how I feel. Uh, about that. Um, what else? Oh yeah. By the way, next week we have an interesting schedule next week. I'm going on Tuesday night. I'm going on the Chrissy Mayer show. M a Y R you guys know Chrissy. I've been on, I went on her show in February to talk about the Eliza blue stuff. And then I'm going back on there. Cause Riss, our friend Riss, who had me on her program about two weeks ago, 
she she was on there and she recommended me to Chrissy about she said you got to check out the the Karen Reed story and you know she wanted to learn more about it so I'm like yeah you want me to come back on sure and so came we're going back on Tuesday at nine o'clock I was gonna I was gonna do it at five but I like doing it at nine so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have the live show on Monday and we're gonna do Turtle Club on Wednesday Thursday's gonna be off because it's like the night before court. And I want to get all fired up and focused for that. So Thursday, no show on Thursday. Wednesday, we're going to have Turtle Club. Tuesday, I'm going to be on Chrissy Mayer. Monday, I'm going to be on regular show. Friday night, too. Now, this is not definitive yet, but I've talked it over with Erica from the drive-in. And the Star Drive-In, which is a one of the big, biggest promoters of the Karen Reed Legal Defense Fund. And they have the signs down there. They're right on the Taunton-Lakeville line. And we're talking about doing a live question and answer event at this place uh, at, at night, at Friday night. Like, so I would be on stage. We we're going to set up like a stage there. And it, there might be like a, you know, an, a cover fee to get in and raffles and stuff. So we're using it as a fundraiser for the Karen Reed Legal Defense Fund. So, uh, so I'd like to, this isn't a hundred percent yet, but her and I talked it over and I think it's a good idea. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys would be interested in coming to that. Uh, if we if, if we had something about it, I, th I figured Friday would be a good day to do it because the hearing happened that day, and it'll be fresh on everyone's mind. You know, I think that would be a cool thing. I think that would be a cool thing. I don't know, but how dare I? I'm oh, sorry, I don't know. But yeah, I was gonna say like it's like a way to debrief, like a not even if people are saying you should do like a live show. I'm like, wouldn't it be better? I could still have the live show Saturday night at home, you know, in, in the turtle boy studio rather. And then on Friday night, it can just be a strictly like Q and a, like you can, it, we'll stream it obviously, but uh, you could submit your questions. Um, I would be on the stage with somebody asking me questions. We'd have to figure that out. Cause it'd be weird if it was just me up there asking myself questions. And then I could feel questions from the audience about it, you know, it is in, it's on the border of Taunton. It's in Taunton, right on the Taunton Lakeville border. So it's right down 495. It's probably pretty easy to get to, but yeah, I don't know if, if that would be an interest for you guys, but I'm telling you when this is all said and done, like I'm going to rent out, like I'm thinking about, I was thinking the Wilbur theater, but that's too small. It only fits like a thousand people. I'm thinking the Hanover theater in Worcester, some theater with like a few thousand seats. Like it needs to be done right when this is all said and done, like a huge live event. Like there needs to be when it's over, when it's over, obviously, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when, when we get there, but okay. Um, so I think, uh, that's about it for announcements for now. Let's talk about a couple things. So first thing I want to talk about is this, um, the new developments, uh, out of, uh, Canton shocking. Ah, here we go. So, um, I, I hinted about this the other night and, uh, let's talk about it now. So this is, um, it's about chicken parm Charlie. And this is what I mean by they folks are unraveling. Like it, it's, they know it's coming. They are doing desperate shit now. So, um, for months now, right. I've been talking about this 1233 phone call that Colin Albert made to Tom Beatty's daughter. 
Tom Beatty is just some guy who lives in Canton, who knows all these people or whatever, um, was, was friends with John acquaintances with Karen. Like they didn't have their, each other's phone numbers or anything, but definitely closer with John and knows all the other schmucks like knows Jen McCabe had her number. Every other person who fits the profile that I just described of being friends with John and knowing all the other schmucks, right? Carl Dougal fits that profile. Every other person that fits that profile is with the bad guys. Tom is the only one in that town who seems to be capable of, well, not the only one, but like who was with those people and actually has fortitude and ethics. And he's kind of, a lot of people have asked who this guy is and he keeps a low profile for a reason because he doesn't want to become the center of this because his family, quite frankly, has already been put through, I wouldn't say hell, but uh, really unfair treatment by the, the mean girls in town. And he's definitely not the only one, but I'm saying he's one of these people that like he knew John and he also knew the McCabe's and whatnot. And he's not like, he's loyal to the truth, not to any single person. So, um, let's see back to this. So I've been reporting for about, you know, five months now about this 1233 phone call that Colin Albert made to Tom Beatty's daughter, her 16 year old daughter. And 1233, of course, is right around the time when we believe, and most of us believe that John O'Keefe, that, that Karen left, that Karen probably got out of there around 1231 or 1232, probably 1231. And that the phone was either placed on the lawn. We don't know what happened with the phone. But shit started happening around 12.31.32. That's when Jen McCabe texted John again. Like, are you coming? You know, something like that. I forget what she texted at 12.31. Uh, and, and then you get the 12.33 phone call from Colin in, to a 16-year-old. Now, you have to understand, if you have teenagers, how rare that is, how weird that is. Kids that age, they do not call each other on the phone. It's un heard of. It's like a function of the phone they didn't know existed. They Snapchat, they text, they do whatever, but they don't call. So that's odd. And for for four or five months now, I've assumed that he was looking for a ride out of there. Like that's what I assumed the phone call was, the ride home. But we've learned a lot more now. Now we know that he already had a ride home at that time. He knew who his ride home was going to be at that time. So he couldn't have been calling this girl looking for a ride. That couldn't have been what he was looking for. So what's he looking for? Well, they assumed that the BDs were cool, right? His daughter seems to be popular. She's an athlete. Uh, these these people are all athletes. She, you know, rolled in that circle. And so they assume that you're cool. You're down. You're going to, you're going to protect us. So I assume Colin Albert, this is just a hypothesis. I have no way of knowing this. And we'll probably never know this unless Colin spills the beans, which seems unlikely is that I think he was looking for an alibi, which is so stupid in this day and age, dude, you got a phone on you. Like only a meathead who would think Shakespeare's wicked gay would say something would, would think like that. But I think he would, I mean, this is Chris Albert's son. We're talking about 
the son of Chris Oliver, not even Chris Oliver, like the, the, the spawn of Chris Oliver. Remember his oldest son posted a video on Instagram in which he's talking about a grand jury that my brother has a grand jury next week. They just posted that on. <laughs> this is a stupid, one of the stupidest families that has ever existed. The Chris Albert portion of the family in particular, the, the Brian Albert portion of the family seems to be the smarter ones. They go to Bridgewater state over there. Uh, well, I guess Colin did too, but uh, he, one year, one year, Brian's kids go to Bridgewater state for six or seven. So they're a little bit smarter. They're a little bit smarter, but I digress. I digress. Um, so he makes this call and, and that's just what I think, right? Is that I assume that he was looking for an alibi. Well, as I mentioned, Tom Beatty knows a lot of these people, his relationship to John O'Keefe, they were buddies, but he didn't know Karen well at all. And we know that because Karen didn't even have his phone number. When we look at Jen McCabe's call log that morning, let's look at her call log. And we love looking at Jen McCabe's call log, don't we? I mean, is this, this, your honor, exhibit a psychopath and just all of these deleted calls in and of themselves. Like, dude, this, how is this not the most guilty thing she did? Deleted all of these and then stopped. Like, why would you only delete those ones? Like, tell me that one. Why would you only delete those ones? How does that make any sense at all? But I digress. Well, uh, as you can see here, two of the calls are three of the calls that she made at um, 533, 552, and 557 were to Tom Beatty. She's called Tom Beatty. And when I first saw that, I'm like, who the fuck's Tom Beatty? What is going why she would delete his calls to him? What's up with that? I thought I assumed the guy was shady looking at that. But as it turns out, and then I'm like, was she looking for an alibi? Like, what was she looking for with Tom Beatty? Well, it's really a lot simpler than that, actually. The answer is that Karen Reed doesn't have his phone number, and she's so Karen Reed goes out looking for John and she can't find him. She has no clue where he is. So she's in her mind thinking, where could he be? Could John be like he could be dead, right? Like did sh the last thing she was thinking about was he went in that house and he got the shit kicked out of him and eaten by a dog and thrown out in the lawn to die. That's the last thing in her mind. So she's thinking about possibilities about where could he be right now? Like, okay, he's, he was really drunk. Did he like have a booty call? Like, is he, like, is he cheating? Right. I mean, wouldn't that be one of the first things that you think like, and you'd forget like just, You'd probably it'd be it'd probably be the happiest you ever were to find out someone was cheating because the alternative is dead. So you're like you like if you're caring, you almost wish that John O'Keefe was cheating at that point, right? Like he maybe went off to go see his guma or something like that, or maybe uh, you know you're thinking that he just stumbled around drunk. Maybe maybe he went to his buddy's house, and that's why she says, "Call Tom." So keep in mind also, right, that Jen McCabe told Karen Reed at five o'clock that John didn't go inside Fairview Road, right? So if you're Karen Reed, you're like, well, he didn't go in the house. So where the fuck is he? Where could he be? She would have remembered running into him, <laughs> obviously, 
So she's like, where could he be? So she's like coming up with these theories. Could it be here? Did he get hit by a plow? She said that out loud. Did he get hit by a plow? Which is like what a lot of normal people would like start to hypothesize. Like where the fuck is he? So that is the reason that Tom Beatty appeared on the call log was because she was just exhausting all of her, you know, possibly like she called Carrie Roberts. She knew that Carrie Roberts wasn't there, but she knew that Carrie Roberts was a friend of his. So she called her. But since her arrest, like everyone in town has gotten on board with this. I don't know if these people all know the truth or if they're just, they probably all do. Like who are we kidding? But I'm just blown away that this many morally corrupt, depraved people can know each other. It's like the last episode of Seinfeld when he sentences them to a year in jail just for being horrible people. Because that's what these people clearly are. Like Sarah Levinson is a horrible person. She's a, Yeah, she's a nurse. Cool. Yeah, she let a guy die. And she knows the truth about what happened to John O'Keefe. And she's saying nothing because Brian Albert. So she's a fucking horrible person. Like Julie Nagel, on top of being gross looking, is also a horrible person, a morally depraved person. And her brother is 10 times the person that she will ever be. So there's that. Uh, there's also, uh, you know, even the people that were there earlier on in the night that seem to have left, maybe Emily Fabiano, Mary Kent, Catherine Duty. I mean, I met her piece of shit father. He lied to my face. He's, he's scummy too. His response to that was after I visited him at town hall was to write an email telling everyone not to talk to me. Like, why would you, why would you not want people to talk about this? To murder? Like, do you not want answers, dude? What's wrong with you? So it's like the, the amount of people in this circle that are just have no humanity. It just boggles my mind. But Tom Beatty does have humanity and they assume that he would get in line because why wouldn't he? He knew John and he knew Jen. And so why wouldn't he get in line? But he's not. And so how did it come out? Like you might've seen a lot of these people saying things about Tom Beatty saying that, oh, he's sleeping with Karen. That That's the default they go to, by the way. It doesn't mean he's actually sleeping with Karen or that it's even being insinuated. They did the same to Brian Higgins. Once they thought the Higgins flipped, they started accusing him of sleeping with Karen. And of course they've said that I've been sleeping with Karen Reed for about five months now, right? They say everybody who doesn't get in line with them must be fucking Karen Reed. So um, you can't take anything like that seriously, obviously. Um, it, it's a sign of weakness on their part because the facts aren't agreeing with them. So they just have to make shit up. And, and it's, you know, just heinous shit. Like, like what? That That's the best. Like you're. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so they have been going after this guy. And saying, oh, he's fucking Karen Reed and he's doing this and that. And why is that? Where did this hatred, when did they realize he wasn't on board? Well, rumors around town. So people started talking about that 1233 phone call around town, right? People started, uh, you know, you know how gossip works, right? People start hearing about the 1233 phone call. And now it's like if the Jen McCabe and this, this beast, this cow, Look at, just look at this cow. Look, dude, look at this pig. That's what she is. Jill Thomas 
from Hyde Park, like let's not, or wherever the she's from somewhere in Boston. Like trash. I wish I knew this when I met her. Just trash receptacle, trash receptacle. Just a, one of the ugliest, most vile pigs walking the. Uh, and next time I see her, now that I know who you are, Jill. Oh my God, I have so many questions for you. You disgusting, vile pig. That's what you are. Oh, she grosses me out. Oh, she probably has so much lint between her toenails. I can just feel it from here. Oh. Anyway, uh, she and Jen McCabe hear this rumor about the 1233 phone call. Because you know Jen knows all the gossip in town. And so they go to a public event where Tom is there with his daughter, his 16-year-old daughter, mind you. And Jen and this pig confront her. And Jill says to the child, to a child. And this is, I'm, uh, this is, I'm paraphrasing this. The verbatim quote was, is, is, I've heard multiple people say this quote is why instead of opening your mouth and running your mouth about Colin, why don't you stick a dick in it to a child? They said that to a child. This is what trashy people don't be fooled by the Canton thing. Don't be fooled by the white suburbia thing. These people are garbage, man. Like some of the most garbage human beings. You heard, we all heard Jill Daniels. Like this is them in a nutshell. You know, name's Aiden. Aiden, you can call me Aiden. You can call me doctor. No, but... I don't want to call you. I want to call you a dickhead because that's what you are. Okay. You are. Okay, no, you don't, because you're a fucking loser. Oh, I went to Truro because somebody gave me a thing. <laughs> Pull off. Even ever... Oh, shut the fuck no, up. No, we're getting a little oh, off track. Your life. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> What's this turtle one? Turtle boy, you fucking turtle. Go get a new name, okay, you fucking turtle dude. <laughs> you call yourself a turtle. A turtle. Do you know what that means? A turtle. Guess what? Or this one, or this one. No, this is weird. I like it, you know? It's all, it's not a big, it's not, it's not a high bar. Dude, you don't want to shut up. You don't want to shut up. Have you ever shut up in your life? I feel like you've done most of the talking, in fairness. Okay, sorry, sorry. So, whoa, take it easy. Easy pussycat. What crime did I commit? What crime did I commit? Why do you guys all say that? This one thing. This one thing, because this is one thing I've ever, I've always wanted to ask you. Where's your award? How? Your award-winning journalist. Where's that award? <laughs> I love when they bring that up. That's my favorite one. Is where's your award? What awards have you run, turtle douche? You're turtle. You're turtle. <laughs> That's the best you can come up with. You're turtle. Fucking loser. Anyway, so that that's the kind of people that we have here is this woman yelling at children. But you know what? The more it's all starting to click. I don't know if it's started to click with you guys yet, but it's all starting to click with me what's happening here. Unfortunately, the feds work in the dark, so you don't know what they're doing. But you can put it together through a series of context clues. You can put it through a series of context clues. For instance, things that I've learned in the last week, right, is that Who's been grand juried? Um, Steve Scanlon's been grand juried. Colin Albert. Brian Albert's been grand juried, which means probably Brian Higgins been grand juried. Uh, and then Hallie McCabe. 
and Caitlin Albert. And I'm told Brian Albert Jr. too. All these people who were, and what are those people, what are Colin and Allie and Caitlin and Brian Albert Jr., what do they all have in common? Well, two things. They're all part of the younger generation of the Alberts and McCabe's, like the next generation of douchebags. And none of them were listed. None of them were involved before. Like none of them were ever interviewed by police and their parents have all gone to great lengths to keep them out of it. Right. To keep them out of it. And yes, obviously the lucky thing, uh, him confirming to me that the FBI visited him like that, like that was very good to hear. You know, I was disappointed when I heard it was in May. I'm like, well, is this going to keep going? And I was like starting to wonder, like, I haven't heard any shit. I haven't heard any rumblings. Then I started getting emails about Colin and, and Chris being downtown. In downtown Boston with lawyers. And I started seeing Chris's public behavior at the waterfall bar, refusing to resign like a normal person would because he wants to put on this facade of normalcy. Well, um, I just, when you, when you put it all together, you start to realize like, wait a minute, th those people were all protected. Why is Caitlin Albert being questioned now? How did she suddenly become involved? How did Ali McCabe, who wasn't even on my list, how did she suddenly become involved in this? So how did Colin wasn't in the house suddenly become a rallying cry for these people. Where is this coming from? And then it just kind of hit me there. There, there, the, the feds have everything, man. The feds have that house geofenced. I would bet anything on it. Remember geofence is what Michael Proctor was asked by David Yannetti in February of 2022 or March of 2022 in a motion filed. They asked him to get the geofence data from Google that would show geofence basically shows which phones were in a designated fenced off area. So you come up with the area, you just pick 34 Fairview road, you pick a time and it tells you every cell phone owner who had their phone pinging in that house at that time. It's really easy. You just have to apply for it if you're police and they'll give it to you. He never, did it because he's been protecting these people from day one. And then it just kind of clicked. I'm like, well, the feds are doing an investigation. <laughs> Isn't that going to be the first thing? One of the first things they do is get the geofence. Wouldn't that make sense? They're going to get the geofence for the house and find out who's in it. And then I realized that that's why that, that explains why Allie McCabe is being grand juried because she was there. And that explains why Colin Albert is being grand juried because he was there. And that explains why Caitlin Albert was being grand juried and he was there. But it really doesn't explain it because if Karen ran over John with their car, then it doesn't matter who was in the house, right? It doesn't matter who came up on the geofence. So there's only one other person who really matters to this that was geofenced inside that house. And that person's name is John O'Keefe. They, I would bet anything on this, that they have, ge they have undeniable geofence 
putting John O'Keefe inside that house, which means that they know that Karen Reed didn't do it. And they know that John's dead. So they know that someone in the house did do it. And they need to talk to every other person who is inside that house to figure out what the hell happened here. And now things are getting interesting. And that explains why all of a sudden there is hostility towards Brian Higgins. Because if you're, I've said it from, for months now with Brian Higgins, you're the only person there, at least the only like burly man, right? Who's not family. When Karen Reed gets exonerated, which she will, they're going to need to blame someone for this. These people, their family is a cult and no one knows who the fuck you are except for Brian Higgins. So you're expendable, dude. And Brian Higgins is not some schlup. I think I posted pictures of him, right? Uh, he was involved in a shootout in Somerville, which is his partner was shot. And uh, got like a commendation for it. He was one of the people with, I think he was the deputy commissioner at the time, Evans, that helped find the Boston Marathon bombers. Like he's a fed. He knows how the feds work. He would be the first one to flip. It would make perfect sense. I don't have any proof that he flipped, but what are they doing to him? Um, I think that he seems to be getting the Tom Beatty treatment. Does he not? I mean, Jill Daniels came on here the other day and started ranting about, why aren't you going after Brian Higgins? What about Higgins? And it makes sense. And I've heard, I've just heard from a lot of people that Brian, people have been saying this for months now. Again, we're kind of in the dark here, but you can use context clues to figure this shit out. And it seems like Brian Higgins appears to have flipped. I mean, that's just, I think he was the first one to do it. And I think that's how a lot of dominoes started falling. And bait, I mean, think about the order here. If the first, they got Steve Scanlon in a couple months ago. Who's Steve Scanlon? Steve Scanlon is the whistleblower. He's the first person that came to David Unetti on either February 2nd or February 3rd and said, he was beaten inside of that house. Karen didn't do it. He was beaten in the house. Wouldn't sign an affidavit. I talked to him on the phone. I interviewed him. He came across as kind of like a kiss ass and a little bit inauthentic to me. I'm just being honest with you. But he's a talker. He's a, He talks a lot, Steve Scanlon. And the fact that he ran to David Unetti to tell him this, it's like he just likes to talk. He likes to tell people what's on his mind. He likes to be in the middle of it, in the thick of it, without being in the thick of it. He doesn't want to put his name on it. A little cowardly. A little cowardly. Because he knows Brian Albert. There's a lot of pictures of him with Brian Albert. They go way back. He's like, oh, I, you know, I, I probably talk to Brian every, you know, every, uh, every five or six months. That, that's about it. You know, we're, we're not close or anything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I love your work. Love your work. Love your work. Love your work. And, you know, he was nice enough to me. And we got along. But I can read these people. And that's just my thoughts on him. I don't, he's clearly not, I'm, he's not involved, but it would make sense if, if two months ago he tells the feds that, yeah, there's a lot of people in that house and they did it. And Brian Higgins is the only federal agent in that house. And he's the smartest one to get ahead of it. And is like, well, I didn't do this. And, um, my career is probably fucked now, but I don't want to go to jail. 
And I suppose he could still avoid jail by pointing out who did. I don't know if he said who did this or what. Those are the part. Those are the parts I don't know is what these people have confessed to and what they've said. But whatever it is, they don't have bad attorneys. Like Greg Henning is a very, he's, I don't like him at all, but he's, he's competent. And he is going to advise them, right? That if, if you had your phone in there, they know it. Do not lie to them because once you lie to them, they own you. You're fucked. And how do I know this? Does anybody know what story I'm reminded of? that I wrote about five years ago that I'm like, how we got to bring this up. I hate to bring this person up, but we should talk about it. One sec. Hold on. All right, let's bring up this story because I thought this was somewhat relevant. There it is. All right, so, so this story, <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so we need to talk about this story because it's very relevant to this. And again, I'd like to not talk about this person ever again but it's kind of hard not to considering the similarities in these stories right now. So if you're unfamiliar with this story, we need to talk about it. So in 2018, February of 2018, I get sent these documents of grand jury testimony from a, a state trooper by the name of Leah Genduso, who is uh, on billboards and stuff like that with dogs and, you know, whatever it's like it's so it's grand jury testimony and i start reading it and every page is fucking crazier than the last Cause keep in mind this person is a, a state trooper that the state police parade parade around for like diversity we call her true toy with tits now but um back in the day she used called leah and and she had um a boyfriend at the time or a former boyfriend lieutenant colonel dan ristein and okay so I assumed that she got the job because of that connection, which was a hundred percent accurate, but there was a lot more to it too. So here she is, uh, you know, being paraded around on the state police. This page, this post is still up by the way, on their page with the, with the dog. There she is with Dan Ristein. Dan Ristein is one of the troopers who I first wrote about. He helped cover up the Tim Murray crash, the Lieutenant governor, Tim Murray, he crashed in Sterling on 190, like in 2011, going like 120 miles an hour in what was quite clearly a suicide attempt. I think he was in some shit with like some the housing authority and like his personal life was falling apart. I like Tim Murray. I don't think Tim Murray's a bad guy. I've met him very many times and he's, he's very nice to me. So I don't think Tim Murray's a bad guy, but he's dealing with personal issues. And I think he crashed that car on purpose. I really do. Anyway, um, this guy, but it was covered up by the state police. Whatever the fuck happened there was covered up by the state police. And this guy was at the center of it, Dan Ristine. He has since, he was later in, he was also involved in the Ali Bebo scandal and this one, and he resigns afterwards. And so did she. 
So anyway, back to this one. So uh, I, when I first wrote about her, like I barely mentioned her in the first blog about Ristine, about the Tim Murray crash. And she messages me and she's like, she goes, get your facts straight next time. <laughs> she tells me to get my facts straight. And so then I end up writing this blog that costs her her job. <laughs> and I think I ended the blog with, hope I got my facts straight. Boom. Gotcha. So she tries telling me, no, I'm really good. I was really good. And, you know, okay, sure you are. Yeah, I got the job because I'm qualified. Sure you did. Anyway, there she is with Marion McGovern, the former um, commander of the state police. Uh, and she goes, Leah, she writes on her uh, page, you did it all on your own. You earned this. Yeah, sure she did. Sure she did. But back to this. So I got sent this testimony about Leah Genduso. And it's fucking wild. So it's about, uh, she had a boyfriend by the name of Sean Bucci from 2001 to 2004. And he looks just like Ristine. They're all like bald 45 year old guys. And they lived together in North Reading and sold pot from 2001 to 2004. Like not a little amount of pot, like tons of pot, like 10 pounds a week. This is back when pot was a big deal. Like nobody cares anymore, obviously. But, you know, I obviously don't care about pot, but whatever. Okay. With that being said, um, the fact of the matter is that this woman, right, who was a drug dealer, essentially, right, somehow ended up on the state police. And how do we know she's a drug dealer? Well, she testified against Bucci. So they got their house got raided in 2004 and Bucci got arrested. But he woke her up and and said, take this cash and gave her 350 grand in cash and you need to hide it. Get rid of the, the drug money. And so she does what she's told and she hides the cash and she ends up getting called in front of the grand jury. So let me read this. So I get sent this 109 page file of her 2007 testimony against Sean Bucci. And she was initially, and this is the feds. This is the U S attorney. The FBI got them. So she gets grand juried. And at the grand jury in 2003, she exercises her Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination because she obviously had done some bad things too, or illegal things. However, those rights were no longer applicable in 2005 for unstated reasons. And she had to testify in front of a grand jury for the Bucci case. So she agreed to testify against Bucci in exchange for immunity. So she would not go to jail. So, so long as she didn't lie to the grand jury. Well, guess what she did? She lied to the grand jury. So she lied to the grand jury. And this is what I'm talking about here. And this is how it relates to the can't read thing. When you lie to a federal, like when they bring you in there, they already know the answers to the questions. They're just trying to see what you'll do. And so any Henning is telling these people, do not lie to them about your phones. They already know the answers. If you were in that house, you need to come clean about what time you were there because they already know. They already know. So after she lied to the grand jury, then they got her by the balls and they have, they're, they're threatening her with 10 years in prison. 
don't even think it was that long, like a couple years maybe. And she starts singing like a canary and ratting on this guy. Now, keep in mind, she also started a website called who'sarat.com in which she outed snitches. And she's a, she became a state trooper, mind you. So I, I published the whole thing below the grand jury. But, uh, you know, she admits to the grand jury that while living and dating Sean, she admitted to smoking weed every day, as well as taking a variety of prescription meds. Um, she said she didn't know she was dealing pot at first, but figured it out later. Yeah, sure she did. She, she admitted that she basically started, got her own connection in Shrewsbury. She would sell 10 pounds a week out there and, and wrap them in Christmas presents in case she got pulled over. So she was at, she wasn't just like, she was a partner in all this. So she was a partner in all this. And after this all, you know, she helped count cash and put it in a Middleton bank in a family account that was not in his name, strictly in $9,000 increments to avoid the bank reporting deposits over $10,000. So she knows everything that's happening here is shady. They're going on crazy vacations, spending mostly cash on shit. She knew what she was doing. Right. She, and then, so when the cops come, um, she's told to take this box of cash and, um, you know, she's caught on film from a surveillance cam checking to make sure it was there before they both fled to unknown places. He calls her shortly afterwards telling her that he'd been pulled over in Linfield and wanted her and, uh, Bucci to pick him up. So this is the other guy, the partner, but that was a trap. So she didn't go. <laughs> uh, luckily, she was smart enough not to do that. Then she was going to go back to the house, but the cops were there. So she calls up this guy, Gary Zarola, her attorney. If you guys know who he is, he was just in the news two months ago. He has now been charged with rape four times. Beat it every time. He's But he's been charged with rape. There's been probable cause for rape. Four times this guy has beaten rape charges. Um. I know he's not a convicted rapist, but at what point, I mean, how many charges do you get? I don't care how many you beat. Like I've been charged with rape zero times and I don't plan on it. This guy gets charged with rape and beats it all the time. And so this is her attorney. So she goes to him with the box of cash <laughs> and he agrees to take cash, like not no receipts, nothing. That's the kind of lawyer that he is. Gary Zarola. Anyway, um, so this is talk about his raping shit, blah, blah, blah. Okay. There's the, the rate. Yeah, there is getting one of his many rape charges. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, he still has whatever. So where is it getting at here? So this guy basically, so she does all this shit and she tells the feds, right. That, uh, you know, I did all this stuff. I laundered all this drug money. I did all, you know, that stuff. I, I, I sold all this weed. And then she went on to become a state trooper. In 2014, she got inducted as a Massachusetts state trooper. Guess who was in her class? That would be Michael Proctor. They were in the same graduating class together. That's the kind of people that got hired at the Massachusetts State Police. The, 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 the problem isn't Michael Proctor or Leah Genduso. The problem is the criminal organization known as the Massachusetts State Police. Anyway, um, so yeah, she tells me to get my facts straight, so I did. Okay. 
Uh, but, and I said, here's a fact. There's no way in hell Leah Genduso should be a state trooper right now. <laughs> okay. Cause it's very hard. I go, is, is that straight enough for you? <laughs> hey, trooper, is that straight enough for you? And then after this blog comes out, I guess, because obviously I've, I've spoken to her. We have a bit of a history since then. She, two years later, she decided that after me writing about her several times, uh, she decided that she wrote a book and that didn't go very well. And we, we, we made fun of her book. And it wasn't really a book. It was like a PDF that nobody, that was free for some reason. She could probably could have made money on her book. But she put it on a PDF where everyone could read it for free. And it was basically about all the guys she slept with and, and whatever. And long story short here, she comes two years later, she contacts me in like 2020 and, and says, I want to uh, clean up. Like, you know, I want to move on. Like, I, I don't want to hate you. And I actually like some of your stories. And so it was like a ratchet redemption. So she came on my show, right? I don't know if you guys remember this interview. It was a long time ago. And I've taken it down since then. Cause I'm embarrassed of that interview because shame on me. I fell for the pretty face. Like she did the Jenny on the block thing. She had like the, the hat, the hat backwards and with the eyelashes. And she was looking, she was looking prime. She was looking prime. And I thought she came across genuine, but it was all just an act. It was all like, it, then she became on the live show, like our most frequent commenter. Like if you guys remember the live shows from back then, she was like our most, the biggest, like she had a wrench. She had a fucking wrench. And then, <laughs> then I got, I got wristed basically. I got wristed. long story short. That's why there's videos of me out there on the internet now. And here we are. And here we are. So I hate even bringing this person up, but it's only relevant because like, there's so many similarities here, right? The state police factor. But more importantly, the grand jury factor. Like I learned more about what a grand jury was from her story than anyone else. Right. And so like, let's see, I published the whole thing here and she talks a lot about how, you know, she was offered like they got her by the balls. Basically the U S attorney is just grilling her. And this is what Caitlin Albert went through. And this is what the rest of them, like they went, like they did. This is a lot. This is 109 pages of testimony. I would die to know what they asked Brian Albert about. Cause they know they have shit. We don't know. like, okay. Karen's attorneys can't get Brian Albert's phone, right? That's a problem. I have no doubt that the feds have it. The feds definitely, they don't have that problem. They got his phone. So they know everything like this whole, the feds know fucking everything. They've already solved everything. It's just a, like, whatever they're doing right now is something we don't even fucking know about. Like they're going after people right now, probably that aren't even on our radar. Yes, she did. There was, there was a whole, I, I published the whole court testimony. She tried to get an order on me. She lost. I won. Be very clear about that. Go listen to it. But anyway, um, so enough with this story. So let's go back to this. Let's go back to this. But that's the kind of people that get into the state police, you know? Yeah. She tried to ruin me, but it didn't work out. You know, I'm still here. It, it, I was down for a bit. I'm not going to lie. That whole situation sucked, but, uh, we wrote, we, we, I'm just, uh, sadly I'm immune to it. I'm like, well, I guess that, I guess those pictures are just going to be out there forever. I guess that face I'm just going to have to get And I see, I've seen it so many times now. Like they, they use it. Like it's, it's always guys too. Like men 
tweet pictures of you at yourself and you're like, dude, why do you have that on your phone? Like, I don't have any nudes of you on my phone. Okay. I don't know what you're doing with those besides tweeting them out, but that that's odd. But anyway, back to this one. <laughs> All right. So, so back to this story here. So that's why I think Colin and Caitlin and Allie, like they probably spent hours inside there and they were grilled about shit that they already know. So think about the possibilities of what they could have been asked, man. Like, what are they talking about all day? What time did you get there? Who was there? What were they doing? And I have, I'm sure they were asked, was John in the house? I'm sure all of them were asked for John is in the house. And they already know the answer to that question. So what are they going to say? What are they going to say? And in the, you know what the best part about all this is, is who's in the dark with all this, who hasn't been grand juried? Two people, the biggest assholes in this whole story, the Michaels, Mikey Meepie Morrissey and conflicted Michael Proctor. They're, they're in the dark. They don't know what the fuck's going on. There's a reason that I have sources at the Canton DBW telling me that the, a day or two after I wrote about the Lucky Lawfren interview, Michael Proctor is down there interviewing Lucky Lawfren. Why is he doing that? I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out whatever they talked about in that interview. I'm sure it was on the record. But what could he be talking about with them? Well, a couple things. Uh, I'm sure number one, he wants to find out. Like, is uh, I'm sure one thing he pro- I'm just guessing here. But I'm guessing that he probably tried to convince him that he was wrong. Like, did you say this? The body could have been there, right? Like, maybe you just didn't see it. And I pray to God that Lucky held the line. I don't know. I don't know Lucky. I, I know Lucky watches this program. I hope you told the state police, Lucky, the same thing that you told me. And the same thing that you told the private investigator. I hope you are like a Tom Beatty in this situation. And you held the line and told the truth. Because you seemed like an honest person when I spoke with you. And I hope you weren't intimidated by these. Because they're not cops. They're, they're criminals. You were inter- you weren't interrogated by a, a cop. You were interrogated by a criminal dressed as a cop. So I don't know what Michael Proctor asked him, but I'm sure for his sake, he probably tried to talk him out of it. I'm guessing. Like that's what I would like. That's his only move, right? But more than anything, wouldn't Michael Proctor want to know what the feds knew? Like if I were Michael Proctor, that's what I would want to know more than anything is is tell me about the feds because he has to be the fact that he was there the day or two after dude, that means I'm his daddy. That means I am the straw that stirs the drink. I write about a story. I'm just some irrelevant blogger, right? Like I'm nobody. I'm just a fucking as Kofin David calls me just a, just a blogger. Well, I'm just a blogger that when I write something, the state police read it immediately and act upon that because I'm his daddy. And so Michael Proctor reads the blog and he's probably like, think of how, what a bad day that was for him. Fuck. Fuck. I th- they found him. He knew Lucky was there. He knew Lucky was out there the whole time. 
He was just hoping that his whole by the yard thing, by the yard was a distraction. By the yard is supposed to keep him and anyone else from speaking with Lucky Lofren. By the yard is technically not a registered company. Doesn't matter. That's I, I focus I spent way too much time on that. Doesn't matter if it's a registered company. By the yard is a smokescreen. It is a way to keep him, to give him an excuse not to speak with Lucky Lofren. That's the entire purpose of By the Yard. So he must have spoken with him um, about all of that. And he wants to know, like, is this all true? Like when he read that blog, he's like, oh, did he really say this? Did he really say this? That's what I'm guessing. And so I'm also, I, I'll bet you anything that they were like, I don't know. Because I have a photographic memory. I don't know if you guys know that. I, have a photo. I remember everything. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's like, was he taking notes? Was he doing this? I have a photographic memory. Or maybe someone else is in the room and they were taking notes for me. I don't know. There's a lot of way. But I was in Rhode Island when I did it. So I'll just put it that way because I have a 401 number. So I was in Rhode Island, Woonsocket. I like to go to Woonsocket a lot. I sometimes I go to Wright's Chicken Farm. There's a lot of sites to see in Rhode Island. It's a cool state. It's also a one-party consent state for whatever that's worth. So I go to Rhode Island a lot. And I take diligent notes when I'm there. Diligent notes. And I remember everything. Word for word. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with that. Anyway, um, back to Lucky. Our, what the hell was I talking about here? I, get all, I go on these rants here. Oh, so Proctor's got to be shitting his pants more than anyone. I think Morrissey's too stupid to shit his pants. I don't. I think he has no fucking clue what's about to hit him. But I'm guessing. I, if I were to guess, I'm just going to guess. I'm going to guess that within a couple weeks, that there's going to be some sort of announcement. There has to be. Maybe not an arrest or an indictment. I would settle for an announcement from the feds that an investigation has has been launched into the death of John O'Keefe. I would be satisfied with that or into even better the Norfolk County district attorney's office. Cause that's who Michael Proctor ultimately works for is the Norfolk County DA's office. The state he's part of the state police detectives unit for the Norfolk County DA's office. And I would settle for that because that alone, just an announcement like that alone changes everything, man. It changes the way every, because fucking everyone's just a statist who just respects authority. So the, F the FBI is like the ultimate authority. The U S attorney's offices, they announce something like that. People are like, well, I guess they're bad. I mean, that's all. It isn't that sad that that's all it takes for people. All these facts are out there. All this evidence that these people are shady and corrupt and it's right there in front of them. And they won't believe it unless the U S attorney's office confirms it. That's it. Like they, they're completely unable to think for themselves. And we saw that COVID was a test run. <laughs> it's just like, the government's like, what can we get away with? We'll just call ourselves the science. And then this, and then we'll tell them you have to, to shut down your business or else your grandma dies. And you think they'll do it? No, they ain't going to be that stupid. They're not going to tank a $20 trillion economy, are they? Let's give it a shot. Stay home. 15 days to stop the spread. Everyone does it. It's like, God, oh, we can get these motherfuckers to do anything. Anything. But. I digress. I digress. So I think that uh, 
I mean, that's just my prediction. I think this is the beginning of the end. Like be having those three, Colin, Caitlin and Allie being grand juried, I think is the, is the official beginning of the end. So that's my rant about that. Let me read a couple turtle chats here real quick. Cause I've been getting a bunch of them. I'm going to stop and do some Q and a here. All right. Geary sends $10 and says Linfield wants to free Karen Reed. The only bigger cover-up is BU Terrier hockey player scandals. Okay. Uh, Tur- Turtle sends $100. Thank you. And says, I beg you, bring Daniel Donovan in the comments up for debate. Send him a link. He's itching to debate you. Is that true? I haven't been able to keep with the comments. Is there someone named Daniel? He, I think he's left a couple rude comments, I believe, on our on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. It's hard to keep up. Is that true, Daniel? Would you like to... Is he, is Dan, can you guys tell me in the comments is Daniel? I mean, that's a hundred dollar dono. I kind of have to honor that. Right. Is Daniel in the, does Daniel actually want to come up here and debate this? Again, I'm always down for a debate with anyone except for Wendy Murphy, because she's useless and he might be useless too, but I'll give him a chance. No. Okay. Well, if he comes back, let me know. And I can uh, send him an invite. All right. Next turtle chat. We have uh, Ann sends $25 and says, I love you, Luza. Great job, Dr. Turtle Boy. Thank you very much, Ann. Love you too, Luza. Brenna sends $10, says, You're killing it, Daddy O. Well, thank you, Brenna. I appreciate that. Semolina sends 20 bucks and says, Hey, Aiden, great stuff here. Do we have a final answer on Elizabeth's employment at Instrom? I thought on Facebook it looked like she was employed, but others swear she was let go. I liked your appearance on the Young Jerks, by the way. I appreciate that. Always in the Huffington Post, too. I got to talk about that. Um, But as far as Lizzie Proctor goes, no, I have no idea. I was told this like a week ago that Lizzie was um, fired from Instrom, and I'm not saying she's not. All I want is evidence, and I've yet to see a shred of it. I've seen some screenshots that don't tell me a goddamn thing from someone I don't know. And even the person who sends them, the person in the screenshots of the texts doesn't confirm it at all. So yeah. And I guess if you, she, her email had like an auto thing last week that she was on vacation. I guess it doesn't now. So I don't, I don't report shit that I can't back up. I have no idea if she's fired. She deserves to be fired. She's horrible. Like she's absolutely awful. But yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. All right. Any other turtle chats there? Um, and she says you liked me appearance. And thank you very much on the young jerks is great. I love going. Mike, Mike is a great host. If you guys didn't, I kind of, I was just watching his show the other night with Sean in the Gulf and I was enjoying it. And I was just like you guys, just another commenter. Uh, but then I show up, everyone's like, jump on, jump on. And I just can't resist it sometimes. I'm like, this is, I like, I like talking about this stuff. I love talking about it. You guys like hearing about it. So I jumped on and I thought it was very productive. Kristen sends $25 says you are the straw that stirs the drink and I want a sip. (laughs) Stop it. Never stop doing what you do. Amazing work. Thank you, Kristen. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Dave sends $5 and says, is there any update on Karen's lawyer's appeal to the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court about Brian Albert's phone records? I have heard nothing, but I'm going to keep an eye on that docket as much as I can. We also have some cash apps over here. 
Let's read some cash apps, shall we? What was the last one? Okay. Sharon sends $15 and says, for the truth. Thank you very much, Sharon. Appreciate that. Lillian sends 25 bucks and says, free Karen Reed. Need we say more? No. It is the greatest slogan of all time. I agree, Lillian. Rich R sends 10 bucks and says, for who has more body fat? Fucci or Matt McCabe? Ugh. You know, I'm no Matt McCabe fan, but Mike Fucci. Whew. By the way, he's another one that really lucked out from this whole Canton thing because he was the talk of the town. He just won Ratchet Madness, and now he can't even get attention from me. So maybe he did lose. I don't know. Uh, Brittany sends 20 bucks and says, for guess what? Shut the fuck up, loser. <laughs> Never gets old. You're a turtle. You're a turtle. You're a turtle douche. <laughs> Nicholas sends 25 bucks and says for Dr. $1 KTR backslash KR Dono 30 M live stream, Albert frame of me. Okay. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, Kara sends 10 bucks and says, thank you for all that you do. Doctor. I appreciate that. Kara. Uh, Nicholas sends another 25 bucks and says, uh, for go or for got truth on secretcourts.com albert framed us too so thank you very much nicholas uh kelly sends five bucks and says did brian albert retire i have not confirmed that so that's a sean on the golf thing he's been saying that i guess i i don't know what sean on the golf says because i'm blocked from that group sean can you tell i mean when i talk i like sean on the golf i had a nice conversation with him on saturday and he's like don't worry blanca is not in charge anymore she, she's done I can't, he goes, I want to kick her out. I can't do it because she started the group and it doesn't let you kick her out, but she's, she's done posting and she's still posting and shit. People are telling me so that he got, he got double crossed there. Um, but I don't, if, if Sean on the Gulf saying shit, I'm not hearing it because I'm blocked. And that should kind of tell you like, if I'm like, why am I blocked? Daddy should never be blocked. What the hell? All right. Kelly's. Uh, so Nicholas sends another 25 bucks and says, for Whitey Bulger is back. Got truth on secretcourts.com. Okay. Thank you, Nicholas. Um, all right. Do we have any more turtle chats over here? We do. We have one here from Valerie sends 10 bucks. She says, can you put up a video compilation of the voicemails you've left those loses? I think it would be a good laugh. That's actually not a bad idea. I kind of like that idea. So cool. Uh, what did she say? She posted shit today. She posted shit today, posting about you. It's like, I, I don't know why you guys bother with a group like that. Just come to my group. It's way fucking better. We just talk about Karen Reed. We talk about the case. We talk, we, we share signs, yard signs and shit. And we do fundraisers for Karen Reed. It's much cooler and much better. And it's not run by a psychopath named Blanca who. I've never spoken to before. Like, I think that's weird that she's not even like a turtle rider before this. It's just fucking weird. It's just weird. But if anyone else wants to donate, you can um, uh, click at the link at the top for turtle chat and write a message. I'll read it out loud to the class, or you can cash at me at dollar sign uncle turtle boy. Yeah. I mean, I miss, I miss hearing what Sean has to say. I would recommend Sean. You should just post in both groups. How about that? Post if, if you want to stay in that group. Cool but I can't read it and I enjoy your content. So come on over to the new group, my dude. Okay. 
so anyway, back to um, back to this. So um, none of us were, you know, uh, were part of the official police narrative before, right? Like, so I want to read this to you. So this is um, this is when I think Sergeant Good from the Canton Police. I don't know if there's a Canton Police or a State Police interview when they went and spoke with Brian and Nicole Albert. Let me read this to you. I thought this was interesting. Next, I went to 34 Fairview Road and spoke with the homeowners, Brian and Nicole Albert. Both parties from this point forward will be referred to by their first names. Brian stated that he had seen the victim at the waterfall, waterfall bar and grill and had spoken to him. He stated that he did not know the party well, but knew he was a friend of McCabe. Brian and Nicole recalled that the victim had been welcomed to come to their house, but never arrived. See, the problem with that statement is it, uh, it conflicts with other things they said that they didn't know he was invited. But whatever, like these people can't keep their story straight. Oh, Karen can't keep her story straight. Yes, she can. These people can't. Um, when asked about O'Keefe's demeanor or if he had any altercations with anyone, Brian said that he seemed to be fine at the bar and there was no issues whatsoever. Matt McCabe also stated that he had observed the vehicle pull up out front of the house, but never saw either party get out of the vehicle. Matthew also, this lying sack of shit. Matthew also reiterated what Brian said. Of course they did because they had hours to get their story straight. O'Keefe seemed to be fine at the bar and that there was really nobody else in the establishment other than their group. Next, I asked Brian and Nicole, and I should tell you something, by the way, no one else is there. Uh, who else was at the house that night? Aside from the names already mentioned, the following people were present at some point during the time in question. So these are the names that Brian Albert gives up. Brian Albert Jr., Caitlin Albert, Julie Nagel, Brian Higgins. That's it. He doesn't mention the name Sarah Levinson, who was there. Uh, obviously, Matt and Jen McKee, but he doesn't mention Colin Albert either. And now we know as a fact that Colin Albert's there. So why didn't he mention the name Colin Albert? Same reason, I guess, he didn't mention the name Sarah Levinson. Doesn't want them to be tied to this. Doesn't want them to be tied to this. But it goes on to say, they advised me that their daughter, Caitlin, left the house around 12, 15 a.m. when she was picked up by her boyfriend, Tristan Morris, who is like third in line to be a cop in Canton. Does that make any sense to anyone? Does anyone believe that? So Caitlin Albert was out with them that night. She's the oldest child in the Albert family, the Brian Albert family. She works for the attorney general's office and Kaylin Albert. And she's got, you know, the Canton lifestyle. Like she's marrying this, you know, young douchebag who's going to grow up to be an old douchebag, a uh, Canton cop. And, and her life is set. Like that's what she's going to do. But Kaylin Albert um, was out with them at the bar that night. Cause that's what these people do. They hang out with their parents and they get drunk with them. And Kaylin Albert, leaves at the same time as her parents gets back to the house. And then as Tristan pick her up at 1215, how does that make any sense? Where was Tristan before that? And 
wouldn't why wouldn't Tristan just come pick you up at the waterfall or something? And where did you guys go after that? Where did you go? The way I know this is bullshit is she said is that is her parents or they didn't even ask Caitlin this. This is not Caitlin's testimony. This is her parents' testimony. And her parents are trying to get everyone out of that house by 1215. Because then if they weren't there when Karen got there, then they got nothing to say. And so he tells her 1215, he's protecting his daughter. I don't believe for a fucking second that Caitlin Albert and for that matter, Tristan Morris were not in that house when John O'Keefe arrived, went inside and got beat up. I don't believe that for a second. No fucking way you'll convince me that those people were not because their story's too unbelievable. You left, you, you you got there and left. Why did you even go back? What was the purpose of that? No. Also, you live like you have a bed there. It's a five-bedroom house. And you're gonna go back to your boyfriend in the middle of a blizzard? Where does he live? Doesn't he live with his parents in Canton too? I don't even know. So we'll see. But again. Now they have geofence. I think we need to accept that, that they have geofence on them. Because there's a reason that she's being grand jury. Because they got her in that house. They got her in the house at the same time that John O'Keefe is in that house. And she has to come up with a story now. And I'm sure that Alberts have conferenced over this. and Because and they're family, they're going to protect each other. And come up with a story to protect their dad and their cousin. And it's going to be very hard to do that. Because somebody has to go down for this. <laughs> and that what I cannot wait for. I'm sure they'd much rather it be Higgins, but I think that that he got out. He was the first to flip, I think. So I think he he's safe. And so now it's got to be Big Mac or 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 Albert, Brian, or Colin. Like that's about it. Nobody thinks Jen did it. So somebody has to go down for this. And it eventually they're going to have a situation and the most conflicted person in this whole thing is going to be Chris Albert because he's going to have to pick between his brother and his son. He's going to pick his son, obviously, but he's going to have to do that. And there's going to be some awkward conversations that have to go down. I would be, I would pay any amount of money to hear that. And this is all, this is all going to come out someday, man. And we're going to know everything after a while. I don't know if anyone's ever going to actually confess to doing this because these people have no souls, but somebody's putting a gun in their mouth too. And like, yeah, the other day was, I think yesterday was Brian Albert's 55th birthday. Does anyone think he's going to live to see 56? I mean, I'm not trying to be cold about this, but does anyone think he's going to live to be like, I think there's a 50% chance at best he sees his next birthday. And doesn't put a gun. Like, there's no way Brian Albert's going to accept being sent to prison for the rest of his life. He ain't going out like that. And I think once he realizes that the uh, you know the dream retirement on the beach is not happening, that that's out. So, is Brian Albert retired? I guess was the question I was asked earlier. Um, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Ask Sean. Sean's the one saying that. I've seen no evidence of that, but maybe he's right. Maybe he knows something. But. And we don't, like, I, right, where Ryan Nagel, like, if, if I'm the defense attorney, I don't even talk to Ryan Nagel. Ryan Nagel already gave me everything I need. Anything I get from him now can only be bad. So I am only going to do that. Anyway, somebody say you might pull a Clark Grant. Oh, <laughs> too soon. 
too soon. Did he really? Did he kill himself? You think? No, that'd be crazy. But anyway, um, if I was married to Monica, I'd consider it, but just saying. So anyway, they, uh, if the FBI, as I said, the FBI knows, then they know that John didn't go into the house and these fuckers are going down. What a picture that is, huh? What a picture. And so anyway, the story I was planning on telling here that I'm getting to now is that, and I wrote about it in this blog is that Chris Albert has had his, is very stupid and you got idiots on Twitter like Jennifer Kofendafer and Wendy Murphy. And of course, crusty panties who is running an Albert support group on Facebook. And we've seen her post in that group offering them. I can get you guys an attorney. They don't know her. They don't know. They, they probably think they thought this woman was normal. It's like, no, no, she actually lost all of her kids and is a complete trash bag. And that's all you have in your corner right now is her. And I, I get that. I fell for it too. I hired her. Um, but I think they'll, they'll realize over time that all these promises of being useful, like I'll get you an attorney. Nope. There's no attorney coming. Nope. She has no connections. She has nothing. No one's going to help you out. Any attorney that you go to and is like, can I sue him for defamation? Any attorney that knows what they're talking about, like, nope, you can't. I mean, you can, but you're going to lose. I mean, I'll take your money. Like a lot of attorneys have done when they try to sue me. I'll take your money because you're a sucker, but you're going to lose. So yeah, there's that. So I think that he has been convinced by these people that he can sue me. But, you know, on behalf of Colin, that's what they've all started to say that like, you're going to get sued you know, saying that Colin did this, you're definitely, you're definitely going to get sued. You're definitely going to get sued. Okay, please. I would love for you to sue me and open yourself up for discovery. I would love that. I would love it. Love nothing more than that, but they don't do it. So I think, but Chris is stupid enough to believe this. So Chris goes down and, vis and, and contacts Tom Beatty recently. And he thinks if I can get Tom to retract this 1233 phone call that my son made to his daughter. Then we can get turtle boy in deformation because turtle boy said that phone call happened. If we can get Tom to say it didn't happen, then, then we got something here. Maybe we can sue him for deformation. So he goes down there and he tells Tom Beatty, tries to strong arm him and says, turtle boy's going down. We're going to sue him. And you could get caught up in it because you told them 1233 phone call. We're going to give you a chance right now. Save yourself, Tom. Retract that statement. And Tom laughs at him. And then I find out about it. So that happened. So Chris tried to basically threaten it. I mean, that's, that's a threat. That's, it's also known as witness intimidation in a federal murder investigation or a murder investigation into corruption involving a murder or investigate, whatever you get the point. So he's trying to get Tom Beatty to change his testimony under the threat of being sued. If he doesn't, <laughs> they can't stop sticking their foot in it, man. They can't help themselves. You can bet the FBI is going to look into that. You might've caught your own charge, Chris. You might have, I mean, not you've been to jail before, so you know what it's like, but you might have caught your own charge for that. Keep in mind, Chris has done this before. This is the same idiot 
that wrote these letters. This is back in April. This is so long ago, but this is back in April. He's his attorney, Glenn Hannigan or whatever his name is, sends out over a dozen letters to people who commented on Facebook on like Canton Confidential, a group of like 3000 members and contacts them and sends them all these emails. And th this is only page two, but it's really all I need to see. It says, if you do not comply with the above demands by May 1st, we and the demands were like to take your comments down, like apologize or something. We will have no choice but to file a lawsuit against you. <laughs> In this lawsuit, we will pursue both damages and attorney's fees <laughs> and costs incurred by my client. Okay, stop right there. If you do not comply with the above demands, we will have no choice but to file against you. So what's today's date? September 5th. So it's been over four months. The deadline has passed. Not one person who got this letter gave into the demands. And guess what? There was no lawsuit. Like there's nothing funnier than a guy who threatens a lawsuit and, and then nobody you know, tries to bluff you and then you don't fall for it and then they back down. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. In this lawsuit, we'll pursue both damages and attorney's fees and costs incurred by my... Yeah, you can pursue whatever you want. You have no damages. You're also a, an elected official, which makes the bar insanely higher. And everything what people are saying is true. I mean, it's just so censorious and like tyrannical. that, that The fact that that is Chris Albert's first inclination is like, I'm going to shit shut these people off because they are not used to people fighting back against them. Chris is completely unqualified to be a select board member. He beat a Yale educated attorney who was the incumbent, a Democrat. He, he, he beat in a town where Democrats outnumber Republicans by 30 points. <laughs> He's not used to being challenged. Alberts don't get challenged in Canton. And now people were publicly challenging him on this. And what is his first reaction? What is his first instinct? Better get a lawyer to tell him to stop. Why? Because, because you can't say that about me because I'm an Albert. Like that is their first instinct. And I think when everybody ignored him, I think this is when he started to realize that his power was gone. Whatever power he used to have in town doesn't have like turtle boy killed it. Uh, Cause I'm your daddy now, Chris, I'm, I'm the, I'm the mayor again. I'm the daddy again. It's my town now. It, it used to be your town, but your brother had to move out. So it's mine. Now I go down to your pizza shop and I stand out there for an hour and I yell shit about your son. I just shit all over your child, Chris, your middle child. I go down there and I shit all over him. And I accuse him of some of the most heinous things possible and i affect business people don't want to go into your business because of the things that i'm saying i'm telling cars going by what your family did and what you're being accused of and what you've done to cover this thing up and what a scumbag you are and how you don't pay your bills and i'm standing there and you know where you were chris hiding in the back yeah he came out afterwards people saw him come out afterwards he was there the whole time and you're gonna do nothing about it Cause I'm your daddy now, Chris, 
And if Julie Albert's watching, Julie, how you doing, Julie? I think you you got you were a turtle rider, Julie, right? I bet you, Julie, that the biggest thing you ever feared as a turtle rider was ending up on Turtle Boy, wasn't it? I bet you that you know what I'm talking about. I bet you that was a. I'm just talking to Julie. Just her and I are having a one-on-one -on -one conversation here right now. You know what I'm talking about, Julie. You know what I'm talking about. So I bet you you feared this, didn't you? And that makes me so happy because you should. And it, it was you feared getting on one time. Now you're on all the time. All the time. So anyway, um, so they thought that they could bully these people around. Uh, but the Turtle Boy revolution here has completely taken over the town. It's not even my revolution anymore. It's the townspeople's. Like they've taken over. You've seen what happens at these board of select meetings. You just get dunked on now. You're an Albert who sits there and gets shit on while you play with your straw and acts and you act like you, you try to put up this facade like it's not fucking bothering you, but it clearly is. It clearly is. And you just don't have it in you. You don't have it in you. You don't have it. Oh, you'll see some messages. When this is all said and done, there's a lot of shit that's going to come out. There's a lot of shit that's going to come out. So, hey, Julie, you're my favorite turtle rider. Or you were, you were, but not anymore. Uh, um, so he goes on to say, this is a very serious matter that requires your attention. Uh, pro tip for all you attorneys out there. <laughs> I like how it's just one sentence too. It's right in the middle. One sentence. If you feel the need to write, this is a very serious matter. It's probably not a very serious matter. Like, it's like, there's no, we're serious for real. This, you might as well, like, well, you might as well write for real this time. You're for real. Yo, for real. You're for real. Swear to God. This letter is your one and only chance. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. It's one, your one and only chance to resolve this matter prior to filing of the lawsuit. My client reserves any and all rights to pursue any other legal actions against you. Yikes. So, Anyway, uh, no lawsuits ever came. I don't know who's going to go to jail over this, but it won't be Karen Reed. It will not be Karen Reed. Um, I don't, and, and honestly, I don't care. I, I'd like to see Michael Proctor and, and Michael Morrissey more than anything, especially that fat fuck Michael Morrissey. Oh, I hate him. I want him locked up so fucking badly because that would be the juiciest part if the district attorney goes down. Oh. Fuck the Alberts. Fuck the McCabe's. I, I want them to go down too, but I don't want anyone to go down as bad as I want Michael, Meat Pie, Morrissey to go down. Oh, I hate him. He's the devil. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Somebody's going down. It ain't going to be Karen Reed. It will not be Karen Reed, and it's not going to be me. When this is all said and done, uh, one thing that Karen Reed will I, and I will have in common is that we're both going to be... Uh, wealthier for it and fame more famous for it and it's like it's i'm like i'm having a good time covering this she's obviously not having a good time going through this but the moment of euphoria that she's going to feel when these chart when she's exonerated and this is over is going to be the a moment that no one else will ever experience like i'll never experience that kind of joy the, 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 the type of joy that she's going to experience when this is all over and it will be over. So I, Dateline, they said Dateline is not going to happen until it's litigated, which is dumb. 
But yeah, if I'm suing, if I'm Karen Reed, then come the lawsuits. Like, first of all, the book, the book, like the book deal that she could get off of this, the book deal alone off of this is going to be worth millions that she could make off of this. The, you know, the rights to play her in movies, like the, the documentaries that will be lining up to, to have the, you know, exclusive rights to her. Like if she's going to be set for life, she could be a, a motivational speaker. She could be whatever the fuck she wants to be. And it will all be worth it. She's going to be one of the most famous people in the country. So it'll all be worth it. Uh, and, and she's going to, you know, if I'm hurt, like you can't sue. Like, what are you going to sue Chris Albert for? His chicken parm? Nobody wants that. It's mediocre. He's got nothing. He's got no assets. He can't even pay his bills. So he's worthless. You sue Brian Albert, the estate of Brian Albert. I mean, I guess you get something out of that. But I, I, I like you guys' idea. Like, I heard it's very hard to sue the police, like the state police. You never hear about the state police, like, paying out, do you? The local police you do. Like, Worcester police are constantly paying out, like, settlements for people that they just don't want to litigate it. It's too much money to litigate it, so they just pay people off. But, like, I don't, I, I don't hear that with the state police very often. I don't know why, but I would think that Matt McCabe's company is a nice, soft target. Yeah, they can't pay the pepperoni man. A nice soft target. So, um, last thing I want to talk about here. I caught fucking Matt. Like, all right. So check this out. So I sometimes I, I will go back and read Alan Jackson's ninety. I think it's like ninety-two page after David. Yeah, ninety-two pages. And you just find some gems in here that you forget about. You just find some gems in here. Like, for instance, like you cannot find these police reports anywhere. So a lot of these police reports, like the by the yard police report, it happened a long time ago and it just wasn't made public because it's part of an active investigation. So the only way the public can find out about these is if her attorneys attach them in motions as part of something. So other, and I think that's what they do strategically a lot is they write motions in which they know that they can incorporate something juicy that we all need to know about. So this is, um, the Michael Proctor interview of Brian Albert, and this is on April 7th. So this is like, right. This is months after Karen's been charged with manslaughter. And, uh, he interviews um where does this take place at 12 country lane <laughs> jen mccabe's house of course he interviews brian albert at jen mccabe's house and this is where he said brian and his wife nicole arrived at the waterfall bar at approximately 10 met friends there okay he did not see a vehicle he did not know jen and karen were outside he did not hear any loud noises. Oh, well, none of that's shady for some reason. He didn't hear the murder that took place on his lawn. Okay. And they got along the whole time. Okay, sure thing. But there was one here from Big Mac. So when Big Mac, in, in the charging documents, Big Mac says that he didn't see anything. That he never, oh, you know, oh, you know what it was? In the charging documents, Big Mac says, Matt McCabe says that 
he saw Karen Reed's car drive in the direction that it was pointed south towards what's the other C street at the set to the south Cedar Crest is to the north. The fuck's it? Crom? What, what the hell's the other? I forget the name of the other one. It begins with a C too. It was pointed south. And he and it drove south. So in, in the charging documents, go back and read the charging documents. In the charging documents, it says the car went in the direction that it came from. But that was before they got together and they were like death by three. Chapman Street. Thank you, Chapman. That was before they got together and they were like death by three point turn is what we're going to go by instead. So look what Matt McCabe tells police on April 7th. They all have new stories. So this is an interview of Jen McCabe. She's got new things to add. She's at, they're all at 12 country lane. Of course. What did she say then? Okay. Uh, they went to the bar at 11 o'clock. Karen entered. She observed her holding a drinking glass. See if McCarthy's blah, blah, blah. Did not appear overly intoxicated. As the band was clean, clearing up, Brian Albert invited everyone back to his house at 34 Fairview Road. But that contradicts what they said earlier, but okay. As everyone began to leave the water ball, waterfall bar, Jennifer observed John and Karen leave together. John texted Karen at 1214, where to? At 12:18, John called Karen, John called Jennifer to inquire where exactly the house was. Then he pulls up. At 12:40, Jennifer texts him and says, "Hello, where are you?" And then again at 12:45, "Hello." When Jennifer sent the last text to John, she observed a black SUV drive away. So 1245, remember, that was her story initially. 1245, that is a lie. Jennifer stated, uh, did not reply to any text messages. She stated that she first observed the vehicle parked on the street by the driveway facing in the direction towards Chapman Street. She observed the vehicle travel along the road towards the left side of the property in the area John was discovered. She and her husband left the residence at approximately 1.30. It was actually 1.47, but okay. And then how about this? So this is what she gets the call at 4.53. Karen told Jennifer that she was home alone last night. And okay, come to Country Lane. And could I have hit him, she says. So we, we've seen a lot of this stuff. But I want to get to the Matt McCabe one because he had something interesting to add. Where's the Matt McCabe report? Here it is. So this is the Matt McCabe. This is April 6th, April 7th. So Jennifer is interviewed. This is fucking weird. Look at the dates on this. What day is Jennifer? So Jennifer McCabe is interviewed on April 6th at her house, 12 Country Lane. Brian McCabe is interviewed at 12 Country Lane on April 7th. And then when is Matt McCabe inter interviewed at, at 12 Country Lane? He is interviewed. On April 7th. So I guess this is what the McCabe's and Alberts do. They just. Mikasa Sukasa. <laughs> it's just there on April 7th. Hanging out with Big Mac. Hey, can I bang your wife? No, 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 no. Of course you can. 
just, just let me hang out with you, Brian. Just let me hang out with you. Anything you want. Um, so this is what he says. Listen to this. So remember, McCabe's original story was that Karen drove south, that she, she, she left towards Chapman Street. He saw her park there, and she left that way. Look what he says on April 7th. Matt observed a big, dark SUV parked to the right of the house. He stated that he was making these observations from the front door. He looked out the front window and observed the same dark SUV had moved to the other side of the property, 15 to 20 feet. He was not sure how long the vehicle was outside for, but did not hear any loud noises or screaming from inside. Matthew stated both times he observed the vehicle on the street, the headlights, headlights were facing towards Chapman. Okay, so he's going south. But he stated he observed tire tracks. This is added on April 7th. He, he suddenly remembers this over two months later that he saw tire tracks in the snow on the street in front of the house as a V-shape and that the tire tracks went from the curb in front of 34 Fairview towards the neighbor across the street, then back towards the curb and that the pattern of tracks were consistent we're making a three-point turn. And that he did not see these tracks prior to the big black SUV arriving outside the house. A uh, couple problems with this. Couple problems with this. Number one, so you saw a tire, there was there was an inch of snow. And from what 30, 25, 30 feet away, whatever the front lawn is, you saw tire tracks in the snow. From that far away, but you didn't see the 217 pound body directly in front of those tire tracks. And by the way, the tire tracks did not come onto the lawn. So how do you explain the, the cuts? But we won't even go there. So she just hit him, I guess he didn't hear it. He was standing there watching the window and the two seconds he looks away, boom, chaos happens. He doesn't see a dead body. Nothing to say because none of these people could say they saw a dead body because then they have no explanation for why they didn't call 911. So they said, I didn't see anything. And yeah, all of a sudden the story's different. Now we got a three point turn story. That's like they Proctor went to these people's house on April 7th. He's like, we need, and this is right before the grand jury for the murder charges starts. That starts in April. And so they need some Proctor needs something on paper about a three-point turn because they're doing death by three-point turn with the grand jury. And so he's like, yeah, we, we need somebody to say they saw some tire tracks or some shit. Anybody want to say the V-shape? All right, Big Mac, you're up. Let's go. And Big Mac says what he says, and that's it. So I thought this is interesting. Like every day, I'm so the story has so many facets to it that every day I learn something new, and that's what I learned today, that he fucking lied about his story change from February whatever to April 7th. Okay. Let me read a couple turtle chats. Um, do we have any? Let me see. Got a few here. Let me bang through these. All right. Colin did it. Sends 10 bucks and said, I just learned Colin Albert was at a party at my home last year. I'm glad you survived. My son told me he's never had a reason to be scared of anyone. And that Colin scared the shit out of him. Is your son in the Advantage Boys 
the look in his eyes. He just wanted to hurt someone. Yeah, because he's, he's evil and he's twisted and deranged. So thank you. Steve sends 25 bucks and says, Kelly Verkler, I love you very much. Feel better and I will become the man you deserve. Aiden, I got my prosthetic. I never would have made it through the tough times without Turtle Boy. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to get you through the tough times, Steve. But I will say this, as far as um, you will become the man you deserve, don't talk like that. Like, you have to think that like you are who you are and you're not going to become someone else. And if she doesn't want you now the way you are, then it just wasn't meant to be. So that's my thoughts on that. But thank you. All right, next up. We got here Su uh, Susan or Suzanne. It's not with the Z. S Susan, give Sean a call. Bring him on. Also, love you, man. Don't ever stop. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate that. James sends 10 bucks and says, it blows my mind that you seem to have forgotten Julie Albert's statement to Trooper uh, Bukaki that Jennifer McCabe left her a voicemail at 455, basically saying that John is dying a full hour and nine minutes before his body was found. That is definitive evidence that Karen Reed is a victim of an ill-conceived frame job. You have a screenshot of the statement and you can't cover up part 54. So I haven't forgot about that. I know that Julie Albert said that. And thank you for alerting me to the exact one, the episode, so I can go back and look at that. But um, I'm very familiar with that. The defense has brought that up in court. It just seems like when you say the comment there about how this basically um, that definitive evidence that she's uh, of a victim of an ill-conceived frame job. I mean, so is the Google search. So are the dog bites and like everything is every. So Lucky Lovren's the best. There's no body. So everything that you think is like a hundred percent proof that she didn't do it. They just don't care. So no matter what we have there, they're just going to be like, Oh, actually it was six fifty three. daylight savings. You wouldn't understand just daylight. Savings. Just don't question it. Just daylight savings. I mean, that's what, what we're dealing with here. Like they are just that arrogant. They don't care. They don't care how they look. They don't care how much evidence they don't give a shit. It's wild. And they can burn and they're going to burn for that. Suzanne sends 25 says, I would rather have the love of my life alive than be a multimillionaire. Well, of course I, I, I would never suggest otherwise. Megan sends $5 as the least shocking part of the can't cover up is that Michael Morrissey is a corrupt clown and Norfolk County is a good old boys club. I, if you've lived in Norfolk County, you would probably know better than anyone. Correct. Melissa says 10 bucks and says, you've created this great movement. And you were truly a hero. Oh, never stop. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate that. You know, I'm no hero though. I'm just a guy, just a guy with a YouTube channel and a blog doing my thing that I always do. So I appreciate that. Uh, M sends five bucks and says, do you think the DA and state police has considered the ramifications of denying the legitimacy of the 227 AM search? If that can be refuted, it can all be refuted. Not just in this case, all cases with cell phone data. That's I've thought that same thing, my my M dude. Uh, it's if 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 the if the if the two twenty seven search is not real, then why is the six twenty four search real? Why is that like? Why are the Brian Walsh Google searches real? I mean, it's just <laughs> broken. It's broken. It celebrates broken. It celebrates broken. Okay, I guess that's what we're going with. Um, couple of cash apps here, bang through. 
Alex sends five bucks and says, for a Dylan Mulvaney light on me, I will not be drinking Dylan Mulvaney lights ever again. Thank you very much. Uh, Tyrone sends 10 bucks. I'll spend it on a Coors Light. Uh, sends 10 bucks. Uh, no comment, but uh, thank you, Tyrone. We have uh, a random fucking citizen sends me five bucks and says, for Sean said that Brian Albert was retired. You were on the young jerks. Okay. Uh, Nick Rocco sends 20 bucks and says for two weeks and two billboards. Fuck you, Morrissey. Yeah. The Foxborough one is going up, I believe tomorrow, isn't it? In time for the Patriots home opener, which they're going to win. By the way, we're going to shock the world. We're going to beat the Eagles. You'll see. And the other one's going on route three in Weymouth. So there's going to be two billboards, which is freaking awesome. I love you people. That's why that group is great. Nick. I know we already sent that one. So um, I think. Are there any more? All right. All right. Cool. All righty. Um, do we have any throw chats? All right, cool. All right. Why don't we do a little Q and a to end it? Anyone have any questions? Fire away. If not, we'll call it a night. Dr. Jill is taking one for the team. She's kicking off COVID season. Ugh. Don't even think about bringing that back. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh, all right. Anyone have any questions? Just going to give you a minute to ask if you want. So review the schedule again, please. So um, what's today? Tuesday? So the schedule next week, Monday live show, Tuesday going on the Chrissy Mayer show. So subscribe to her channel. Wednesday, Turtle Club. Thursday, the night before court, Friday court might do 90% chance star driving. If we work out uh, the logistics of that Saturday live show, boom, done. Uh, no, no time for a rolling rally this week, but we need to have another one just because. No later than Thursday, the billboard goes up. Okay. The Suffolk County DA dropped the gun charges on Jack Jones. You hire Mary, what's that? Scarpaccio, the lady from, um, she was Gary Zarola, the rapey lawyer. Gar she was his attorney, Gary Zarola's attorney. She was also uh, Sean Ellis's attorney in trial four. That lady can work wonders. She's like the East Coast Alan Jackson. So Jack Jones got his gun charges dropped right in time for Patriot season. Let's go. Here we go. Didn't do nothing. You better play well. That's all I'm saying. If he plays well, I'll be very happy with that. If he sucks, I'm going to be like, should have charged that motherfucker. You think Proc? I do wonder what the Proctor interviews are like. Like, that must be like. A lot of shit off the record there. A lot of shit. Like, think of how weird those. Like, hey, what's up, Chris? So, yeah, we're going to do this murder cover up together. Um, when do you want to get started? Just got to record this. Or, no, we don't even have to fucking record. Let's write it down. So, what are you doing this weekend? So, where are we barbecuing? You come up with a new nickname, Turtle Douche. Yeah. 
Yes, we need to do a Ratchet Madness tournament and a, a, a Canton Ratchet Madness tournament. And, oh, shit. How was that? My whole mic broke. <laughs> fucking mic broke. That's new. Hold on. The whole fucking thing broke. Can you guys hear me? Whoa. Easy, pussycat. All right, we're just going to hold it up like this. <laughs> All right. Um, Notre, Notre Dame looks great. Love Notre Dame. What are your thoughts about Sean on Young Jerks and O'Keefe busting drug dealing outside the house? Uh, just listen to my rant about drug dealing outside the house. I have no interest in that angle whatsoever. None. None, none, none. I think it's a huge distraction. Yes, it is. It's Chrissy Mayer. There's no vowel there. The Y is the vowel. That's correct. Uh, can you talk about the taillight fragments on John? Yeah, I'll talk about them real quick. So those were planted by a guy by the name of Michael Proctor. He took a he took a bunch of fucking uh, he, he took a taillight, smashed it all up, and threw some uh, shit on the shirt, and then held on to it for a year, and then got it tested, and now there's taillight on it. End of story. That's what happened. Do I have evidence that happened? No, but he plants shit all the time and he's a dishonest hack and Karen didn't hit him with the car. So how the fuck did those get on there? Michael Proctor put him there. Boom. Mystery solved. Columbo up in this bitch. Yeah, that was an actual mic drop that he did, huh? Easy pussycat. Easy pussycat. Okay, no, you don't because you're a fucking loser. Oh, that won't cut off. Um, all right, I'm going to fast forward to the most recent uh, comments because it's hard to keep up. The charging docs say mentioned uh, an interview at 34 Fairview. So that was just Michael Lank coming back to the house and interviewing Jen McCabe there. The rest of them did the friends and family meeting at 1130 at 12 Country Lane with Michael Proctor. Told you, get me off that intro. You're still here, Mike. You've been, do you watch the whole show, my dude? I know you're not getting the attention you once were. Um, but, you know, we still, I still think about my son. How's my son doing? My daughter, really? My daughter, just please respect her pronouns. That's all I ask, Mike. And, you know, hopefully you're getting her potty trained because it's kind of weird. It's getting, she's getting kind of big to still be in diapers, Mike. You got to do something about that. Oh, absolutely. The Pussycat was a huge fan of the blog before. They all were. Yeah, DUI guy. I meant like everybody, DUI guy actually had a good stream about this like two weeks ago that no one told me about. I DM'd him on Twitter. He's got open DMs. I haven't heard back from him. Everybody DM him. Everybody DM him. Yeah, book deal. I'm in talk. There's talks. There's talks. Let's just put it that way. Talks. So I think when this is all said and done, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of marketing that goes on. Yeah. Can we get some likes here? Can we get some likes? How many thumbs up we got in this video? Those really help by the way. I see 685. Can we get that up to a thousand baby? Let's go. Man, I'm telling you, 
just the size of the audiences here. Like we have over 3000 every episode now. It's wild. Didn't think that would happen, but here you are. No, the, the private group, uh, I don't know if they got spooked, but uh, not much goes on in there anymore. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Dude, I got 20, I was 25,000 views on Fox News. I was on accountability for America. Of course, it's the real Mike. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll call it a night, guys. Want to thank everybody for donating uh, and just for being here in general. And uh, uh, one more from Erica with a K sends twenty five and says for gas money to the Star Drive In in East Taunton. Well, that's closer to me, East Taunton. Taunton's a weird shape. Well, if you look at Taunton on the map, like part of fucking e oh East Taunton's that weird branch that comes out of Taunton, isn't it? It's fucking weird. It's the weirdest shaped town I've ever seen. Taunton. You're in it for a while, and you're like, "What?" I went through Raynham, and I'm still in Taunton. What the fuck? How am I still in Taunton? But anyway, um, yeah. So, all right. So, thank you for that, and uh, we will see you guys all for the next episode of Turtle Boy Live on Saturday night. Uh, we'll see everybody else uh, for the uh, Turtle Club on Thursday. Peace, Turtle Riders. Mic drop, motherfuckers. Boom. <laughs>